So tonight, we have a, a special guest speaker. And you guys, you don't, you don't have to listen to me. Um, but also, um, my friend Brandon here has come because he feels like God has got a message on him. Um, Brandon is much like me. He never got a youth group experience, okay? So can we give him a youth group shout out? Let's, get, let's be as loud as we can. Stand up in your chairs. Start screaming. Give it up for Brandon, you guys. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Hear? All right, awesome. No, actually, I'm actually really jealous of all of you because I've seen, like, I've been part of the youth group right now for, like, what, an hour or so, and I wish I could have been a part of this so much when I was in high school and uh, in junior high, but unfortunately, I wasn't. Uh, so, yeah, just as Tim uh, said, my name is Brandon Hawker. Uh, just a little bit about me, uh, just to get started. Uh, I'm not going to go over my whole testimony, just a couple of quick things. Uh, like I said, my name is Brandon Hawker. I'm a law enforcement student at uh, Minnesota State University, Mankato, and uh, I'm also studying to be a pastor someday. Uh, right now, I'm looking at being a Chi Alpha pastor, but that's not confirmed or anything like that yet. And so, looking forward to that in about two years, going to be starting a, um, living out my dream of being a police officer and a pastor, and yeah, see where God has called me. And I want to kind of give you a glimpse of uh, my faith journey in my life, mostly because for some of you, obviously I wasn't a part of a youth group. For some of you, your parents have been raising you up in the church since you were young, since you were born, or however many years it's been. Or maybe you've discovered your faith on your own and came here by yourselves, which is awesome. But for me, I was raised in a, uh, I'm not going to name anything, but I was, raised in a, I was raised in a church, but my family was the kind of family that we spend an hour on Sundays uh, talking about God and worshiping God. And that's it. And then we just get rid of them for the rest of the week. Maybe we pray before supper sometimes. That's the kind of family I had. And, and for me, I, I did not have a personal relationship with God. And, and I can see over my life that there's been many times where God was, was calling to me and calling my name, and I was not answering that call. Uh, when I was growing up, I had a lot of family issues and, and struggled with uh, being very depressed all the time. Uh, but when I came to North Dakota State University, my first year of college, two years ago, I was uh, roommates with a guy who was a pastor's son, and, and I challenged him, he challenged me, and, and I came to Chi Alpha, and it was through Chi Alpha that I gave my life to Christ on January 17th, 2016. And I, I love that date. It's my favorite date ever. But uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, since then, God has been changing me in so many ways and just teaching me so many things about him and just, and just trying to make me the best man that I can be and the best godly man that I can be. And I can tell you this very much. Uh, two years ago, obviously, I was saved since uh, January 17th has passed, but if you would have told that kid two years ago that he'd be speaking in front of a youth group, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> but I can honestly say, and I'll get into it a little bit later, this is one of the greatest achievements of my life. I can honestly say that. Speaking to you is just such a blessing. I'm so thankful that, you get to, that you're listening. <laughs> Not that you get to listen to me, but that for listening to me. And I'm so thankful that I get to speak to you. But so tonight, to get into, to get into the message, uh, I got this for uh, my, our Chi Alpha group. And one of the things that God questioned me about the Monday before I gave this is, is would you rather be known as a Christian or actually be a Christian? I think in our lives, we try to give this persona that we, we live a life of Christ, but we don't actually live a life of Christ. We care more about if people think of us as a Christian more than us actually being a Christian. And I know for some, just a little disclaimer, I know some people don't like to use the word Christian because they don't like to be Christ-like. That's not the point of it. The point of it is to be the follower of Christ. So if you don't like the word Christian, that's not what we're getting into today. But to start out, 
when looking at this question, would you rather be Christian or be known as a Christian, what is the main thing it comes down to? Image. So I want to ask, I wanna ask a, couple, a couple people to raise their hands. What is the number one thing our generation cares about most? Anybody got hands? Ryan? Social media, I like it. Anybody else? Come on, somebody's got some answers. What does our generation care about the most? I, Danielle? Tide pods. <laughs> tide pods, tide pods. I, personally, I'm not a fan. I mean, they're good for washing, but not good for eating for me. <laughs> Anybody else? Tim? Food, that's a big one for me. <laughs> Amy? Appearance. Appearance, I like it, I like it. It's, cl- it's along the same lines. But yeah, you in the back? Relationships, absolutely, absolutely. But the thing I had in mind tonight, too, is, is image. I look at our generation, and it comes along with social media and appearance. Like we, we care most about our image, what people think of us. We want to be popular. We want to be cool. We want to fit in most of all. I went to high school. I know what it's like. I, I, I wanted to fit in my whole life. We all do. And when it, when it comes to college, you'll get to experience that someday, hopefully, or if you're called to something else, which we'll get into, obviously, later, too. But... It's not about fitting in to the world. It's about fitting into Christ. Because one of the things that I've noticed as, I, as I've grown up and, stu- and, and, and gotten to this age is that Jesus is not cool to the world. Living a life of Christ is not cool to the world. How many people do you know that the secular world looks at and says, wow, they're, they're really cool because of their faith? I mean, the only two people I can think of is like Tim Tebow and like Marcus Mariota, because I'm a big Oregon fan. But anyways... I look at those people, but they're not recognized for their faith. I don't know if you ever heard the Tim Tebow story, but there was one day in a playoff game, he used to wear John 3.16 underneath his eyes, and one game he threw for 316 yards, he had 31.6 yards per pass, and he had uh, 3.16 yards per rush, and, and a bunch of other stuff that went along with 3.16, but people don't look at him for that. People look at him for the stats, they don't look at him for his faith. So here's a catch-22, is that how can we be popular, how can we fit in and also live a life of Christ. They, the two don't mix. I look at Luke 9.23. And in this, in this verse, uh, Jesus is talking to his apostles, talking to his disciples, and he says, Then Jesus said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and pick up their cross daily and follow me. Now, each every one of us in this room has a cross to bear. We have multiple crosses to bear. We all have different struggles. I'm not trying to say that we all have the same, because we obviously don't. But one struggle that every single person in this room has is our image. We all have to pick up that cross of not looking cool to the world and looking cool to Jesus every single day. And it's not easy. Tonight I got two stories from my own personal life on this. And the first one I want to share is uh, I work at a sub shop in Mankato called Jersey Mike's. And uh, my coworkers there are not very, uh, not very Christian, not very supportive of, the, of, of faith. And I remember, it was actually the Tuesday before I spoke on this the first time, uh, two of my, I, I lead a small group on, on Tuesday nights for Chi Alpha, and two of my coworkers, I, get, I went in to get a sub, and they're like, so what are you doing tonight? I was like, oh, I'm leading a Bible study, leading a small group. And you should have seen the look on their faces. They were like, what is that? Why are you doing that? That's ridiculous. There's a thousand other things you should be doing. And one thing I noticed of this is that it was hard for me to tell them that. Guys, like I said earlier, talking to you tonight is one of the greatest achievements of my life. Leading a small group is one of the things I'm most proud of myself in my life. I'm so thankful that God has put me in that position. Being able to speak at Chi Alpha a month ago on this is one of the greatest achievements of my life. Yet, why is it so hard for me to tell non-secu- my non-secular coworkers and, or secular coworkers and friends? 
Because right now it's easy. It's so easy to tell a room full of Christians that I lead a small group and I'm, talk, I'm talking to you guys tonight. But it's so hard for me to tell people that don't believe. It's because in the real world it's not easy. And another Bible verse I want to look at is uh, the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 56 through 60. And we don't have it on the screen, but I'm just going to read it quick because I'm sure all of you have heard this story multiple times. Uh, it's when Jesus is being brought into the, to be put to death and uh, Peter goes in to watch it and Peter denies him three times. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, this man was also with him. But Peter denied it, saying, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. But Peter said, woman, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The man called to lead the church after Jesus who starts it, denies Jesus three times. The man who leads the church after Jesus dies cared more about his image than Jesus dying. That's not just a personal struggle for each and every one of us. It's a struggle for everyone in the world. And Jesus came here for the sick and for the lost. One of the Bible verses I read last night in Luke is, because that's what I'm going through right now, obviously, uh, Jesus didn't, the, the Pharisees are asking, why is, he, why is Jesus eating with, with sinners and tax collectors? It's not the healthy that they need a doctor, but the sick. We are not called to only think and talk about Jesus in here and in church. We're, ta- we're here to talk to Jesus out there. That's our whole purpose. When it comes to life, being happy and having a family and friends and a good job and good money, that's all, that's all great. But the reason why God put us here is to spread the kingdom. The reason why God loves you so much is because he wants to show you that love so that other people can see that love and come to know him. And one of the things I want to ask you tonight, youth, is if you honestly believe in hell, how can you let people go there around you because you're worried over your image? That's something I have to face every single day. When it's so hard for me to talk to people who don't believe and, and people who I might think, ah, what's the, even the point of bringing up Jesus to them? They're just going to laugh in my face. They're just going to think I'm weird. They're going to think I'm Bible-thumping them. Saying those things is basically saying, I don't care if you go to hell because I'm, I care more about my image. To me, that's ridiculous. And I, I can see that in myself every single day. Another question I want to ask you, though, is can you imagine standing up in heaven And someone looks to you and says, thank you for getting me here. Thank you for just, for for saving me from hell. Thank you for saving me from that. I got a better one for you. What if the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God himself, looks at you and says, you brought so-and-so here. I am so proud of you. That's what I live for. That would be the greatest moment of my entire life and eternal life right there. But why am I willing to throw those moments away? Because of my image. Because of what people think about me. Because it honestly comes down to, as I just said, 
Do we honestly believe in hell? You have to ask yourselves that. It's one thing to say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, I believe I can go to heaven, stuff like that. But do you believe in hell? Do you believe that people around you are going to hell? I know family members that are going to hell. But I'm going to work the rest of my days to change that. I know friends, I know coworkers, I know strangers. Obviously, I don't know them, but... <laughs> but they're all going to hell, and I'm going to let them go there because I'm worried about my image. You say that, it's not, it sounds like the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. But it's how we live each and every single day. One of the things I want to hit you hard with is our fear of rejection should not be greater than our fear of God. What's the number one thing that holds you? What, what, why, what about your image would be negatively affected if you spread the word to someone and they, don't, and they reject it? Because you're worried about being rejected. We all fear that. It's one of our greatest fears. But that fear should not be greater than the fear of God's wrath at the end of days. And one thing I want to encourage you with too is, is something that we're told as leaders and something I want to tell all of you because you're called to be leaders, youth is that if you speak the word of life into people, people are going to reject it. But they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. Don't make it about you. See, reaching people isn't about you reaching someone. It's about God reaching someone through you. I want to share my second story of the night now. And one thing I'm going to give is just a brief background on my, uh, me and my dad's relationship. Uh, something about me and my dad are very close. Uh, we, he's... My best friend, I love that guy. And uh, one of the things that's crazy, about, or one of the things about my dad is that uh, in, in high school, I was in speech. I know we have one person in speech here. Anybody else in speech in, in high school right now or middle school? All right, we got, we got four, five, that's awesome. Oh man, I was in it for six years. I did informative and like creative expression and stuff like that. But anyways, <laughs> those of you who don't know what that is, uh, but when I, would tell, when I would come back from a speech meeting and tell my dad, hey, like, I did pretty good in this, I finaled, I did, I, I did well or whatever like that, he was so proud of me. There are moments that he was never more proud of me when I came back from those speech meets. And one of the things I remember, too, is my junior year of high school at our choir concert, the Pops concert, the last one of the year where you sing, like, today's songs, not, like, hymnals from, like, 3,000 years ago, is, <laughs> is I sang a duet with uh, one of my uh, friends from high school, and it was a country song, whatever, and my dad told me afterwards that that was the proudest moment of his life. A month ago, I told him that I'm speaking in front of a Chi Alpha in front of a college ministry, and he said, cool. That's all he said. I share this story for two reasons, and one is, is that it's another story about image, and we'll get to that, but another one is that there might be a select few of here, and I hope there's none of them, but there might be a select few of here who have family who do not accept your faith in Jesus. You have family who don't agree with it, family that put you down for it, family who just who think you're going to, maybe in my case, people think I'm going to hell because I don't believe exactly what they believe in. I share the story because you are not alone. And I hope I'm speaking to nobody here, honestly, but you are not alone in that. I go through that every day. I have to wake up every day and get my heart broken by the fact that I can't share the best part of my life with my dad. I can't share in the best part of my life with my dad with my best friend. It hurts every single day. But one thing I want to challenge you with is, and we're going to read in Mark uh, chapter 6, verses 2 through 6, and uh, this story is with Jesus going back to Nazareth, his hometown, and this is the people of Nazareth talking here. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? 
Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. I'm sure some of you have friends who don't believe, friends that you've met outside of church and youth group and all that that don't believe. I'm sure a lot, if not, if not most of you, a lot of you have that. I know personally for me, my best friends obviously were uh, outside of high school were not saved, um, obviously because I came saved in college. But you're going to have people in your life who do not understand your faith. And like I just said earlier, I have family who don't, don't understand my faith. I have family who believe I'm in a cult. That's what they think I'm in. <laughs> I, I, it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> if they only knew, right? If they only... <laughs> but <laughs> I, you, you're going to have friends and family who, who don't see eye to eye with your faith. They don't agree with your faith. They're going to see that you change because as you live for Christ, you're going to stop living for the world and they're going to see that. And they're not going to like that. But I tell you this, even your own parents' opinion should not be greater than God's. Now, I've, read, I've obviously read the commandment, honor your father and mother. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to your mom and dad. I'm not saying that. But their opinion is not greater than God's. Because in my own life, my dad doesn't agree with what I believe in. But his opinion is not greater than my Lord and Savior's. And one thing with that is, is God is going to call you to do things that your family and friends will not agree with. Heck, I live that every single day. But you're going to be called to do things that don't make financial sense. Oh, instead of going to college, mom, I'm going to be a missionary out in the Philippines. That's not going to make any sense. Well, we saved all this money for you for so many years. Why aren't you going to college? You can get a good degree, get a good job. It's not going to make sense to them. As you grow up in college, quitting your job, changing your career, not going to college or any of this is going to come up in your life. God is going to call you to do things that aren't going to make sense to the world, aren't going to make sense to your family, aren't going to make sense to your friends. But God's opinion should always come first. One of the things I've realized is that is when God lays a call on your heart and you say, I don't have the financial situation. When you say no because you don't have the financial situation, your, family, your parents don't bless it. They don't, they don't agree with it. When your friends don't agree with it. When you don't have the skills, you're not in the right situation. Ah, God, you know, four years from now I'll do that. When you say those things to God, you're saying to God that he's not strong enough to get you through those situations. And I don't know about you, but I can never look at the creator and say, ah, you're not strong enough, God. I don't think I could ever do that. One of the things for me is growing up, my favorite place in the world is Lincoln City, Oregon. It's a town in Oregon, obviously on the coast. It's kind of, to all of you, it'd probably be a dump because it's like, it's always, it's always cloudy, always rainy. It's like 50 degrees, can't go in the ocean but I love it. It's my favorite place. I always wanted to live, I wanted to move there right after high school or even right after college. I wanted to have like three golden retrievers and if we have any basketball fans in here, I want to name them Garnett, Nash, and Nowitzki. Any basketball fans? No? Okay. Well, that, that, that joke completely bombed out, but that's okay. <laughs> that was my dream, to have three amazing golden retrievers and uh, I'm allergic to dogs, so I actually can't have the golden retrievers, but that was my dream. And, uh, <laughs> but, what God has called me to do is so much better. 
one of the things that was hard for me, so when I was at NDSU, I didn't, have, I didn't have a lot of friends. I wanted to transfer back to Mankato, which is where I'm from and where all my friends are. Um, but then I found Chi Alpha and I found a small group and I got connected there and I had so many friends there and, and it was awesome. I didn't want to leave, but God said, I want you to go down to Mankato. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because I finally, after 18 years of searching, have found everything I've ever wanted. And God says, move somewhere else. And I tell you what, I found something even better down here too. I'm so thankful for that. It, it, I, don't get me wrong, I miss my friends up in North Dakota, but I'm so thankful for the friends I have here. I'm so thankful for the life I have here. And what I want to show you through that is that I choose God's will over mine. Because I tell you this, if I become a janitor in Tallahassee because God wants me to, it'll be better than living in Lincoln City with three dogs that I'm actually not like, supposed to have. <laughs> and so tonight, before I wrap up, I got a couple things I want you guys to take away. And the biggest takeaway from this message that I hope for you guys is that, for me personally, if you were to go home tonight and say, Brandon sucked. That message was awful. It was too long. It was too dumb. It didn't make any sense. He didn't know what he was talking about. He looked stupid with this contraption on his head. His hair looked weird. I didn't like his clothes, whatever. If you were to say all those things, it wouldn't affect me. It wouldn't change me. Because your condemnation of me doesn't send me to hell, but God's condemnation of me does. Now, disclaimer, I'm not saying you guys are condemning me, I'm not saying God condemns me, because I'm not trying to fear-monger you into saying, God's going to condemn you, huh? Because that's, that's not the way to live the life of Christ, it's just by condemning people. But that's what I want to look at, is that when people look down on you and, and reject you and, and say you're trash and no good or whatever, it doesn't matter what they think in the end. One of the things that hurts for me is every time that I felt bad because someone has said something to me, at the end of days, I'm going to look back and say, wow, that didn't matter at all. Because God loved me the whole time. God cared about me the whole time. God looked at everything good I was doing the whole time. And God doesn't condemn me. At the end of days, will it really matter what people say about you? What people think about you? Oh, there's Brandon, the weird Jesus freak who's always Bible thumping. Will that matter that people call me that? No. Because God won't condemn me for that. That's what I care about. I care more about what God wants me to do rather than the world wants me to do, as I said. Friends, family, coworkers, their negative opinion of me doesn't matter because as long as God is proud of me, I don't need any other approval. I don't know if you guys have read, ever read those, uh, those uh, love languages books, but I'm a words of affirmation guy. I like being told, you know, oh, you're doing a good job, you're doing great, blah, 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 all that stuff. But one of the things for me is, what's up? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> One of those things is I never hear, if I never hear someone say they're proud of me ever again, which I hope isn't the case, but either way, if I never hear that again, but God's proud of me, that's all I need. That's all I need to keep going. That's all I need to live this life for Christ. And I desire that thinking for all of us here. Guys, I'm not standing up here saying I'm perfect in that. Oh, image is okay for me. You guys need to worry about it. It's something that I struggle with every day too. But I want that thinking for all of us. Better today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today. Each and every day, live more and more and more of a life for Christ. That's, my, that's what I desire for you so much. One of the things I want to hit you with is Jesus died for us. Jesus died for you. Let's live for him. One of the things for me is that, I, I, one of the things that I always thought growing up was that there's like what, like 700 billion people have lived since the beginning of time or whatever. 
I thought, well, God loves each one of us like one seven hundred billionth of, a, like, of how much he can love us. Guys, Jesus died on the cross for you as if you were the only person he was dying for. God loves you as if you were the only person in the whole world that has ever lived. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around that because you look at our own relationships and, and we, can't, we don't feel that way because we're not able to love like God can because God is love. Jesus should be the most important, most important part of our lives because we were the most important thing in his life. Jesus died on the cross for each and every single one of you. Jesus knew exactly what sins you were going to commit and still chose to die on the cross. Again, I, I, I can't say it enough. Jesus died for us. Let's live for him. Instead of being known as a Christian by looking at our image and, and t- saying the right things at the right time so people think we're a Christian, but when we're with our friends, you know, we're, we're gossiping and talking bad about people and, and, doing, and, and just committing sin. Instead of, instead of living that life, let's live a life of Christ every single minute of every single day. That's what I desire for us. That's what I desire for myself. That's what I desire for all of you. That's what I desire for every single person I meet. Because that's what we're called to do. We're not, God doesn't love us because he, sell, he wants us to be selfish. God has given you gifts not just for yourself, but so that you can spread God around the world. That's why I want to challenge you with you tonight, youth. Live for Christ. Choose Christ. Care more about God's opinion than other people's opinion. I'll just bow your heads in prayer with me. Father God, we just... We come before you, God, and we, just, we, we thank you so much, God, just for the blessings that you've given each and every one of us, God. We thank you for the gifts that you have given each and every single person here tonight, God. But God, help us to realize that those gifts aren't just for us, God. They're for your, your kingdom, God, that you have given us those gifts so that we can reach your lost people, God, because there are people every single day that we see, God, that are going to hell, God, and you have given us these gifts so that we can reach them and save them, God. God, we just pray that you work through each and every one of us, God. We pray that you help us to throw away our selfishness, God, and choose you, God, each and every single day. God, we just thank you so much for just the love that you have for us. Help us to spread that love, God. God, we just give you all the glory and praise, God. We thank you for this night, God. We thank you for just the mentors that you put in each and every one of our lives, God. And God, we love you, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Well, thank you for letting me speak tonight, youth. It was awesome. A dream come true. Thank you so much. Guys, give it up for Brandon. One of the things that I I couldn't help but just kind of God was pressing in uh, towards the end of of Brandon's message is, is are we contorting our image to fit in this world or are we contorting our image to fit into eternity? Because that's what God's concerned about, right? He's concerned about, are, are we going to fit into eternity? And, and I love like how uh, some of us are like, are you Christian? Yeah, I got my WWJD bracelet on, don't you know? Like I got my cross necklace on that makes me a Christian. No, it doesn't. And so we just press in that question. I feel like God's really asking that for us tonight. Where is, is your image trying to fit this world? Or is it trying to fit into eternity?
Because how many of us here in this room can say that we've never struggled with anything about our image? How many of us have never struggled with our image? None of us, you guys. All of us have gone through this. But the thing I love about Scripture, the thing I love about Jesus is he tells us who we are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are valued. You are loved. You are, you are an heir to the throne. You're, you're an ambassador of mine. You guys, getting into God's word tells us who we are. It tells us our image. We don't have to look anywhere else. We don't have to look to anyone else. We don't have to walk around with a WWJD bracelet to confirm that we're Christians. Most of the time I find that, and I'm like, oh boy. Like, right? Like, let me just cut that off your arm because you're probably misrepresenting us, right? Like, I will never put a fish sticker on the back of my truck. You know why? I know people will become angry with me by the way that I drive, right? Like, like, it's like oh, oh, you're a Christian? Why are you going 85 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone, right? Like, because I like speed, right? Like, so does Jesus. Like, But you guys, I just want to challenge you with that. If you're here tonight and you feel like your image is more in the world than of eternity, we would love to pray with you. We would love to come alongside you. We'd love to point you to scripture to show you who you are. So I just want to challenge you with that. If, you're, if your message says something, give Brandon some words of affirmation on the way out. You guys, he never had a youth group experience. Let's give him one. Let's give him a sunrise youth experience tonight. So we love you guys. You, we don't shout weird things like that. No, I'm kidding. We love you guys. And uh, go, know who you are. Be known. Make him known. I love that line. He died for us, so let's live for him. Amen? We love you guys.